this is going to be a very challenging role, but it's very rewarding for you. Me specifically, it's going to be very fulfilling because you're going to find enjoyment in, in booking these meetings and hitting quota. So it's cliche, but like, don't give up, right? Yeah. Because there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. This is going to propel you into many different great things. Hi, I'm Mark Gagne. And I'm Chris Corcoran, and you're listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Tech Sales for Hustlers is a podcast where we catch up with Memory Blue alums and reminisce about their start in high-tech sales with us. Let's go get some, Corcoran. Gagne, you know I'm ready. In the past, and I feel every so couple of years, what's going what's gonna to help myself, my wife, my family, what decisions like strategically in, in a year or two, year five is going to make the most sense. And, and that you got to look two to three to five, six years down the, down the line and, and big picture in these chess moves, what's going to make the most sense. You made those decisions, right? You made the, the tougher decision because imagine if you had gone to, if you had not qualified for President's Club after turning on the job, slight risk, but there's a risk you might not have even gotten promoted. Right. Right. And then you would have turned on the promotion and not gotten to Hawaii. You'd have been like, what, dude, what am I doing? It was, uh, it was basically like, there's no choice but to get right. it. Right. It's not even an option. Yeah. <laughs> What's it in Chris, you, you with the surest bet is on yourself. Right? Yeah. He's betting on, you're betting on yourself essentially. Right. You're going to get to where you need to go. Yeah. And I was thinking about my past company, right? I was thinking about Memory Blue, thinking about how I wasn't in contact with Mark or Chris or Mike or, or Jeannie to say, hey, I'm, I'm going after this. But eventually, if I got it, it would be known that I got the presence club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Right. That's why we're sitting here now. Yeah. yeah. So you, you did it. How did you get into the closing role? Talk, well, how did that happen? Yeah. The, the closing role was, <clears throat> I mean, that's something that that's, it, it's very fun. The art of, going from SDR to AE, just the transition. It's like, it's, it's very meticulous. And one thing that is, a lot of people don't like to do this, but it's the way it is, the office politics, right? Mm-hmm. I, I benefited from being in the office to talk to the managers and, and kind of plant that seed for a long time. And the classic, hey, give us a demo on Zoom. And I knew the product really well. You got to know the product. You got to be you know, strict on setting next meeting, setting proper expectations. So I got the promotion and what was unique about my situation is I hadn't had an op- opportunity to either join the San Jose team or join the Canada team. And Canada was a brand new team at Zoom. So they're building out uh, this Canada team. Okay. And and I decided to go to the Canada team because I, I don't, I heard maybe you could take a couple trips down to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like the wild, wild west still. And I was kind of used to that from memory blue yeah. and just SDR and, and so I was like, you know, I'll join, I'll join this, I'll join this team, and let's see what the heck happens. More entrepreneurial. Yes, thank you. More entrepreneurial, and and, and it turned out that, by no fault of his own, the director of the team had like a hundred, excuse me, one hundred fifty people under him that he's trying to manage, and so I had like no help. And there was me and then two others that got promoted at the same time, mm-hmm. and we all kind of talked to each other, but we didn't. We were thrown into the fire, and so we had we had to figure it out. And in fact, that's kind of how it's always been in mm-hmm. my professional career. And so I really enjoyed it that way. It turned out to be really great because I, I learned a lot. And then of course, if I ever had really serious questions, I would ask, but you learn so much in those first like three to six months. And then let me go back real quick. We yeah. want to come back to it. Yeah. Cause you kind of did it real quick. You kind of cast to the side Yeah, and it's not office politics, but it's talk about how you have to position yourself to be considered 
and to be moved into that position besides just the numbers. Yeah. It's clubhouse, right? It's how are you in the locker room? It's yeah. like you have to add value to the company that way. You and yeah. I have both seen people who are top performers who crush it, but they're kind of cancers in the locker room, right? Yeah. So you got to add to the culture. So talk about what that, because people don't know how to do that. They don't know what that means. Yeah. I mean, and they might think it's bad. Yeah. So you made a great point. I mean, you could, you can be the top dog and you have all the numbers and you can still get promoted, but you might have a, Manager that's going to be like, I don't want this person on my team because maybe they aren't the best at forming relationships. Maybe they, they aren't great with their employees or other colleagues. So I think planting the seed and getting to know those managers is really important because if me and Mark aren't really like vibing and, and you, you got to keep trying, right? You got to try one, two, three, four, talk to them when you get coffee. It doesn't have to be like the most grand conversation, but just simple like, how's it going? How you doing? How's your day? And if, if you start forming like a bond, that's great. If you start forming a bond and you realize that maybe we're not best together, then that that's actually really good too. Cause then you can say, Hey, maybe I want to look at another team, but you need to start talking to all the managers, right? All the managers start getting to know them and, and seeing how you would, would best, best work with them because it matters a lot. And on top of that, the fact of the matter is that if you're not a good team player and if you don't know how to follow directions, it, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So you, that's something you need to just learn. In order to be a great leader, you got to be a great follower. So you got to figure that out. How did being a delivery manager change your perspective and make you perhaps a better salesperson versus had you not been a DM? Yeah, it was huge because I knew I knew what the reps were doing that would kind of annoy me or, or I like to see differently. So I knew how to address them and I knew what I liked when they addressed me in, in terms of confrontation, right? Difficult conversations. And so I learned for... Right now for my managers, I've had a few, is like, I know how to make their life easy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to make anything difficult on my manager. In fact, I want it, I want it to where, where, where it is now. My manager is like, do you need anything? Like, what do you need? Like, let me know if you need anything. If not, I have other people I got to tell them, right? <laughs> and so it's like, I'm good. If I need something, I'll ping you. And I learned, I learned that as a DM, right? Mm-hmm. And just, there are certain things you could do. One, you, you got to develop. You can be good at the job. But staying off manager's radar, being one of those employees that helps the team, that lifts up the team. I learned all that from from being a DM and seeing my SDRs, how they reacted to me, how I reacted to them. Yeah, it's great. I want to make sure I understand. So you're in San Jose, mm-hmm. working out in San Jose, but selling into Canada. Was it Greenfield? You could sell wherever you wanted or was there a certain geographic patch or like what was your focus? Yeah, no. So that's exactly what it is. Working Greenfield. At, working out of San Jose, selling into wherever, except we had a certain segment. So I'm, okay. I'm in the SMB, the small business segment. So employees 11 to 250. Okay. And you get your accounts. So you have, okay. you have accounts. And let's say, for example, you get a thousand accounts. They don't use Zoom. You got to go get them to use Zoom. And so it's very much like... There's a couple of different teams at Zoom, and they're both incredibly crucial. There's a value-added sales team, which is called Vast, where okay. companies are using Zoom. Yep. And, and we're here to explain Zoom phone. Okay. You, you could use a conferencing solution. You could use this. So try to you know get them to use Zoom a little more. And sure. Then, and then there's the other team, right? The acquisition team, where yep. you go find new labels, new logos. And I was on the acquisition side because I got that hunter yeah, type yeah. of mentality, a lot more prospecting and, and, and trying to find creative ways to set things meetings. And then when you're setting the meetings, I mean, now you're running full sales cycles. Now you got to got to do the whole thing, close it down. Interesting. And so what was the biggest challenge in acquisition for all these companies in Canada that just, they weren't using Zoom? 
Yeah, I mean, there's many. Right? I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. I think the biggest is getting the initial meeting is, is very tough, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised at how quickly some reps would give up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I get this meeting? How do I get? Because once you get them in a meeting, it's like, this is Zoom. Look how great it is. This could solve this, this, this. And mm -hmm. they're like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. You have my attention. But to get the attention in the first place is it can be tough for me. It's still tough for me, but I have many different like ways to get it done. I think getting an initial meeting and acquisition is tough, but mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge. How do you overcome it? I mean, there's so many things that go into prospecting. That's how you get those meetings, right? It comes back to like his, your roots as an SDR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that job for the, all the SDRs, we have over 300 SDRs in memory blue, right? All the SDRs listening, want to get a closing role. The stuff you're doing now is going to help you. Oh, it's going to set you apart from the other reps because you'll be surprised to no fault of their own. I'm yeah. sure not everybody has memory blue that they start at. Yeah. And, and so they, they might struggle with, well, after the first, second, third, fourth, time they can't get this meeting it's like what do i do now it's like we'll try this try this i mean we have like a plethora of, of things that we can do yeah and then on attempt eight attempt 10 attempt 12 yeah. we get them in a meeting and it's like and then we start running these sales cycles where the other person's like what do i do what do i do it's like you we're know off and yeah. running you know why justin because you don't want to come to that weekly client call without any meetings that's, that's right right <laughs> so, so justin in that role was this all on your own or were you able to have kind of zoom sdrs help Oh, so it's all on your own. In it's the, all on your own. In the, S, in the SMB segment, it's all on your own. You're on your own. You book your own meetings. You, you do everything. The step up, which is calm, which is 250 to, I think, like maybe 3,000 employees. Yeah. They have SDRs. Okay. Okay. Because so, they're more accounts, a little different. But SMB is great because you're doing it all on your own. Wow. You're, you're doing everything. So it's setting a, the meeting and closing the deals. So if you can't SDR, you can't sell. Oh, no. In that role. And that's why in order to get there, I mean, you got to really prove yourself as an SDR within Zoom or they're going to look externally, which they do a lot. Sure. To try to find that experience. Interesting. And was your manager in San Jose? No, actually. So my manager was in uh, Santa Barbara at the time when I first started. Okay. Then my manager went remote right before COVID. My manager was remote. Okay. So it was actually really cool. That was another thing is we didn't have a manager in the office. Yeah. Which was, it was like a few of us. And. And that was pretty cool. It was a little different. It was, I liked it though. And so you were in acquisition. So when you were bringing a deal, were you able to keep and grow that account? Or is it you find that first deal and you give it to someone else and now go find another one? That's a great question. So you are able to keep it for a quarter. So Just so, a quarter. So three months. <laughs> right. But you have that time and it might have been two quarters. I, I just go and find new ones. Right? Mm -hmm. But you do have time after you close it okay. to try to get them to take a look at other products. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but then after that, it goes to that vast value sure. added sales team I was telling you about to have them for the entirety. So, so hunting, this is a pure hunting. You eat what you kill. Pure hunting, which is, which is great. And then how many sales are, are you making or are they being expected to make? Is it one a week, one a month? What are they expecting from you in that role where you're out there just on your own hunting? Yeah, great, great question. So we have a quota. So we have mm -hmm. a quota. Let's say, for example, let's make it easy of, of $10,000. You need to go and whatever you do, however you do it, you've got to go find $10,000. You could be in one deal, which, right. is, which is very tough, but it's SMB is more transactional. So, sure. So there's a lot of like quick takedowns. Yeah. And however you do it, that's fine, but you just got to get it done. So. That's great. So a quick takedowns is a little bit like my first sales job. And what was great about that is when you're learning how to close, you learn a lot through all these different sales cycles. Yeah. The ones you lose, the ones you win, that really kind of accelerates your growth. Would you agree?
Are you looking to join an industry with unlimited professional opportunity? It has never been a better time than right now to start a lucrative career in high-tech sales. Memory Blue has launched hundreds of careers for accomplished high-tech sales professionals from our offices coast to coast, and right now, we're in hiring mode. Working with us will accelerate your professional growth and place you on a path to success early in your sales career. You'll get world-class training through the Memory Blue Academy program and sharpen those skills with ongoing mentorship and coaching from our seasoned sales leaders. Memory Blue is an expansion mode and we have immediate openings in all of our offices. We have been named one of the fastest growing private companies in the U.S. by Inc. Magazine for eight straight years. Our award-winning culture has been recognized by third-party industry groups as the best in the business as we routinely add unbelievable benefits and rewards for our team. To learn more and apply to any of our openings, visit memoryblue.com slash careers today. Oh, 100%. When I first started, just the um, advice I got was just take as many meetings as you can, just take as many calls, mm-hmm. and then start seeing all these different scenarios, and it's like, it starts becoming like, you do this for that, this for that, and then <laughs> because of the quick takedowns, it's... Yeah, you learn a lot. What's great is the larger deals is like it's a whole nother beast, which is also great. And you learn a lot in those larger deals. I, I prefer the larger deals. <laughs> uh, I mean, who doesn't? But there's yeah. some people that might not. Yeah. I, I haven't met anybody who doesn't prefer the larger deals, but those are very intricate too. There's a lot of details with those larger deals. What muscle did you have to develop the most going from an SDR to a closer? I think mean, that's a good question. I think talking with C-levels, right? Discussion, discussing with C-levels, because in the term discussing, there's many things in, in that, but handling conversation with C-levels, whether that's negotiation on price, whether that's pushing back, whether that's challenging, right? Yeah. And that's really, I mean, how do you challenge a CEO when you just come from an SDR role? I mean, it's like, you got to learn these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So conversing with a C-level is something that I think is, is very crucial and something that I'm very happy I learned. Still Great. learning, of course. Yeah, we're all, we're all still learning. So if we look back kind of where you are now, what advice would you have for yourself like the night before you started at Memory Blue, knowing your journey, yeah. where you've ended up? I would tell myself it's very challenging. It's going to be a very challenging role, but it's very rewarding for you. Me specifically, it's going to be very fulfilling because you're going to find enjoyment in, in booking these meetings and hitting quota. So it's cliche, but like don't give up, right? Yeah. Because there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. This is going to propel you into many different great things. So don't give up. Also, if we're going to get more in the weeds, always be at the top of the leaderboard, which I was. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening to this, I didn't get, they didn't tell me to say this, but you should always be at the top of the leaderboard in calls. Always. And if you're not number one, you could be top five, whatever, but you need to be at the top because you're going to learn so much when you're at the top. I would also recommend talking to the top performers. So whether you're using Slack here, whether you're using Zoom chat here, whatever, reach out to some of the top performers and ask them what they're doing. And not just one, multiple, because I always like to take a little bit from each person that, that I liked. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. I don't like that so much. I like this. I like that. I don't like that. And that's how you're going to grow by, by putting in some of these strategies that the top performers are using. So let's talk a little bit about the deals you've closed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your first deal? Yeah, I remember my first two. I, I I mean, I needed a lot of help from a lot of people. And it was a very like simple, like audio conferencing, like, which is not the biggest, it's not glorified, right? So yeah. it's, it's like you're selling audio. Doesn't matter. Right? It relieves quota. It relieves right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The- um, but no, I remember going back and forth with the customer thinking like, is he going to accept this? He's not going to accept it. Like, what's he going to say? And we went back and forth a couple of times and he was, luckily he was pretty nice. And it was like my first real deal. 
where we went back and forth. Mm -hmm. I sent out a DocuSign. Uh, shout out DocuSign. It's a big deal. It helps. And we finally got that completed DocuSign in, in the inbox. I was just thinking like, wow, that was awesome. And it was just like, that was so long ago, but looking at it, it was like exhilarating. Like, yeah. The back and forth. Of course. A boy becomes a man. Yeah. You look at the, deck, you look at the contract a million times before you send it out. Yeah. Because you don't want there to be any mistake on yeah. there. And it's like, Heaven forbid. Yeah. And I used to think, I can't wait till I'm setting these meetings, writing these demos, negotiating. And the simple fact of like getting signatures and like it happens all the time now. But yeah. That first one, it, it's just like, it, it's something else. What's your favorite deal? Our popular product right now is Zoom phone, right? So it's a cloud phone you can use on your desktop and, and mobile app. And what's great about phone is that everyone in the office, most of the time, unless like a unique use case where you have SDRs and some managers, but most of the time everyone needs a, needs a phone. So they're much larger, much larger deals. Okay. So I do like phone opportunities because they're larger deals. Over the last year or so, I've done well with larger deals where I, let's say I have five in the last year, I've closed all five and that's not something that usually happens. Yep. Right? There's usually some detail that gets lost and then it just doesn't work. But the phone deals usually accounts for larger deals. And so that's why I like it. I love the larger deals, those big whales. I love them. Is there anyone in particular that comes to mind that is your favorite? I do have one that at the time it was a very one pro, which is like one meeting license customer. I was kind of, Hey, look, let's get a meeting. Let's talk. And he was pushing me off and it was one pro. And usually it's like, that's not going to equate too much. Cause it's one mm -hmm. just from like a, a numbers game. You should focus on like something else. But he finally joined a call. We talked phone and it ended up being like probably my second largest deal ever. And they ended up having 250, you know, employees. And mm -hmm. we got them meetings. We got them phone. We got them webinars. We got them conference rooms. And what was great about this deal is that it was a smooth rollout. They're all smooth rollouts. <laughs> it was a smooth rollout. They love it. There's like no issues. I'm still on chat. Like we can add external contacts. I'm still on chat with this customer and we have a great relationship and everything went smoothly, right? And, and, and during deals, it's probably not always going to be smooth. Like not every deal is going to be your, your favorite deal. But this one, we sold the whole suite. They're very happy with it. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. And everyone came out on top. So, What about your most haunting loss? Yeah, I have one that, that comes to mind. It was a deal where we did a POC. So mm -hmm. we did a trial. Mm -hmm. They were trialing Zoom. And this was like probably like a three to four month deal, which in SMB is a long, it's a long sales cycle. Yeah. It was ran so smoothly. They loved Zoom. They tested it. They loved it. We talked to the CEO. They loved it. CEO was on board. CFO was on board. But I guess they had, which is pretty common, they have these third-party IT companies that mm -hmm. manage their services, right? Yep. They came out of left field, got in their ear about something else that would make them money, right? Because they're selling, right. let's say, for example, they're selling something different than Zoom that's going to make them money. They're going to recommend that product. Of course. And this deal was... One, before they actually signed, and then at the last moment, they said, hey, we're actually going to go a different direction. Mm. And myself, my manager, like everybody, we're just like, we did everything right, but sometimes it's just not enough. Mm -hmm. and Interesting. That, and that was something where it's like, it's a tough pill to swallow because you did all you could do, but sometimes it's just, it's not enough. That's just the way it goes. And talk to us a little bit about, you know, what it's like working at a, such a high explosive growth company and how you were able to kind of bring former memory blue folks yeah with you yeah well the hyper growth of zoom was was awesome because i've met so many great people at zoom similar to memory blue and what was great is that the culture when you go from i think i started i was employee like i could get this wrong but i think i was like five 
600. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And now they're at like three or 4,000, like something crazy. Unbelievable. What was great is that for the most part, I mean, everybody was just still so down to earth. I mean, we were growing, but everybody was just so nice. And, and you would see people talk about Zoom more, but it was great. And in fact, just a quick plug to our CEO, Eric Yuan. Mm -hmm. we, we were at working in the office when I was at BDR. He would walk around the sales floor and talk to people who wanted to talk for 40, 30, 45 minutes at a time. And this guy has so much to do. I mean, he would come over to our SDR area and talk to us. And it's like, this guy's making time to talk to us. So from the top down, it was really a company of just being so genuine, yeah. being so understanding, so thoughtful. And that didn't really change, right? And so it stayed the same. And, and I saw James, I just reached out to him and said, hey, James, uh, shout out to James. Yeah. James, um, swim move. Yeah. I said, hey, we got an opening on my team in Canada, on the Canada team. Yeah. And I said, I said, if you want it, let me know. I'll refer you. There's a little bonus for me, you know what? Yeah. But James is awesome. So yeah. I'd love to have him on the team. And it kind of worked out to where he finally got in. I mean, it was like three months after he gave me his resume that he finally got an interview because they're just so busy. Yeah. But he got on the team and, and now it's like me, James, I got another buddy on the team, Zach, and we're got a lot of buddies on the team, but we're like a little uh, tripod, if you will. Where yeah. It's like times are good. When times are bad, we still just like, you know, talk shit about it. Like yeah. this is whatever, but it's all good. Like, so bringing James along was awesome because James doesn't have any problems setting those meetings. Right. right. He's, right. Got, he's got so many tactics he uses and i'd love to bring more people along so i when the time is right i'll continue to let other people know if they want to come let me know that's great and so james is doing your exact same role selling into canada selling into canada same role same team like i mean it's like eight or nine of us and he's on the team so it's like it's pretty funny i feel bad though because we haven't been in the office since he joined and he's been on the team for like a year and a half but hopefully we can go back in wow we'll just catch him on zoom that's right yeah <laughs> justin so where do you want to go with this as we kind of close this out? Like, where do you see yourself progressing? How, what would you like to do next? What would I like to do next? I would like to manage again, right? Mm -hmm. So I think managing again would be great. I have a much better grasp on what I can do to help reps, how I can play into my strengths and play into my weaknesses. So management is not off the table. It's definitely on the table. So I'm paying attention to that. And for right now, I'm still developing my skills as a rep, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning new things all the time and new negotiations, how to challenge respectively and mm -hmm. how to be aggressive respectively. And mm -hmm. so I'm still learning. So things are good. And I know things are good because things can be bad in the sales world. So right now things are good and I'm going to enjoy it when the time is right and management and there's an opportunity, I'm not going to look away, right? I'll look at it and that could definitely be on the horizon. And so for listeners, how long have you been at Zoom? Coming up on five years. What a run. Yeah. What a run. So we got in at the right time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And still love it. Yeah, that's great. Very good. Well, I'm proud to say, and I know Chris is, is that you worked here. Yeah, definitely. Right? You're a great alum, a great representation of what Chris and I try and like cultivate. And you were part of the office early. And like any office is growing, there's ups and downs, challenges and highs and lows. And like you came out on top. So we appreciate you coming here to the podcast with us. And, Love the fact that you're uh, crushing it. Thank you. If I can say one last yeah, of thing course. before we jump off, I'd recommend any SGR, any rep, anybody to pick up a book. I know it's, and I, I wouldn't have said this five years ago. It sounds <laughs> silly saying it out loud, but it's the truth. In the last three years, I've read over 100 books and I've nice. taken an incredible leap from a personal perspective, from a professional perspective. And it, I attribute so much of my success in the past few years 
to opening up opening up so many books. And in fact, I kind of cheat. I, I listen to it on Audible, but I still get it done. And, yeah. I, and I think that's going to propel so many reps listening, so many SDRs that if you want to grow, because I grew and it was in part of these books. So I, I highly recommend it. I think it would really make your quality of life a lot better. You got to drop recommendations, yeah. man. You can't. Yeah. Extreme Ownership by yes, Jocko. Yes, yes, Extreme yes. Ownership. You Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. Okay. That's yeah. always one I recommend. I love his videos. Oh, his videos are great, yeah. <laughs> stay hard, Justin. Yes, right? stay hard. Those, <laughs> I mean, those, those top two, and then if you want to get into more personal, like, not, I mean, those are both self-development, personal, yeah. professional. Yeah. The Subtle Art, right? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great book. Yeah. And then, I mean, there are just so many, but how about those top three? That's so great. top two, Extreme Ownership and David Goggins, that's going to set you aside from understanding that life is fucking tough, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to make yourself stronger right. in order to get through. And there's so many ways you can do that. And one that I do is, is pick up these books. And now I'm just, now I feel like I'm so ready for so many different obstacles that get thrown at me and I attribute it to reading. That's great. You got a lot of great perspective because... You know, a lot of people might think, oh, it must be great selling a Zoom pandemic, but you were there well before that. And you've got enough self-awareness to know that it's not always going to be like this. So I enjoy the ride while I can, but also prepare myself for when, you know, the storm comes. That's right. It's going to come at some point. Yeah, it absolutely will. The pain of finding and hiring strong sales professionals is a critical challenge that is widespread and getting worse. The Memory Blue Direct Hire Service specializes in filling sales development roles within the high-tech space. And with a one-year performance guarantee and 0% interest financing, you can feel secure in your selection process when you use Memory Blue Direct Hire. As a company, we hire close to 300 SDRs annually across our five office locations. That's nearly an SDR per day all year long. Finding, hiring, and developing sales talent is the core strength of our business. Now we're letting the public tap into the resources of our world-class talent team, specifically trained to find high potential SDRs in order to close this gap. For more information on this service, check out memoryblue.com direct. for listening to Tech Sales is for Hustlers. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review after the beep.